I'm Ben Davies, and this is The Clear Money Mindset. And if you look at, uh, you know, just somebody probably, you probably know somebody in your network who's dealing with, as you, you pointed to, um, cancer or another critical illness. Um, nine in 10 families in Canada basically reported that they've you know, been touched by cancer they've, and they've reported some kind of financial challenge that's come out of that. Welcome to The Clear Money Mindset, providing you with help and tips to manage your money in a clear and intentional way. I'm your host and financial advisor, Ben Davies. At Davies Financial Sterling Mutuals, we want to provide you with meaningful tips to help you with your money. In the last couple of podcasts, we've been talking about living benefits. Today, we are going to continue that conversation by walking through another living benefit insurance called critical illness. We want to look at what this coverage is and the role it plays in a financial plan. Our guest today is Jeff Meineker. He is an account executive at Empire Life. And today, Jeff will walk us through the ins and outs of critical illness insurance and help us understand why it's an important coverage for a sound financial plan. Today we have joining us Jeff Meineker. He's an account executive at Empire Life and he's here to talk with us about a really important coverage that every family should look at as a part of their financial plan. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on, Ben. Really appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here. Yeah, thanks. We're happy to have you. Tell us, tell us a bit about yourself. How long you've been in the business, and uh, maybe a bit of what brought you to work in the insurance industry. Sure. Uh, so I grew up in the insurance industry. My father was a financial planner, like yourself, helping uh, helping clients with uh, their life insurance and living benefits and investments and other things. And uh, I found my way into insurance after university and have been working in the industry as a life and living benefits wholesaler for the past 15 years. Nice. So you grew up in it. That's cool. I want to start off pretty basic and we're going to keep this conversation basic just to give people an understanding of this product. Um, can you start off by explaining to our listeners what critical illness insurance is and why it's important for Canadians to consider having it in their financial plan. Yeah. So critical illness insurance is a, is a living benefit type of insurance. Uh, it provides a lump sum payment to the policyholder uh, in the event they're diagnosed with uh, one of the covered critical illnesses. Um, and this is different from of course, life insurance uh, that pays only if you pass away. Uh, the living benefit type of insurance is going to pay you out while you are still living. Um, because one thing about critical illness as you alluded to at the beginning, you know, people are living with critical illnesses um, and surviving them at a, at a much higher rate. Um, right. And so critical illness insurance comes in to, um, to help fill the gaps and, uh, and provide this lump sum payment when they need it most to recover and get better. And it's, it's important for people to know that this is similar to life insurance. It's, it's a tax-free payment. Um, provided that you own the policy and you've been paying the premiums, which is really impactful because you're getting the money and there's no one necessarily telling you what you have to do with it. You can use it however you want. Um, and that can that can come in handy in a variety of ways. 
Would you say, Jeff, are the individuals or groups that are particularly vulnerable to the financial impact of a critical illness? And um, you mentioned this, it's a living benefit. And you know this probably better than anyone. Living benefits cost more because the chances are, are so much greater of you using it as opposed to life insurance, which when people look at these two coverages together, they're like, man, life insurance is so much cheaper. And a lot of times critical illness just gets passed over. But who are the most vulnerable, would you say? And why why would you say people should prioritize owning critical illness as a part of their uh, plan? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Ben. And, and honestly, when we're talking to um, advisors like yourself, or we're, we're talking, I'm talking to friends and family, um, I'd say the same thing that, you know, critical illness is, to your point, far more likely to be claimed on. Um, because, you know, if you look at some of the statistics, I mean, from 2019, one in two Canadians will develop cancer in their lifetime. That's that's a wild stat. <laughs> um, yeah. Nine in 10 Canadians have at least one risk factor towards heart condition, stroke, or uh, some sort of vascular cognitive impairment. Um, so there's a lot of risk factors there towards strokes. And if you look at, uh, you know, just somebody probably, you probably know somebody in your network who's dealing with, as you you pointed to, um, cancer or another critical illness. Um, nine in 10 families in Canada basically have reported that they've you know, being touched by cancer, they and they've reported some kind of financial challenge that's come out of that. Um, so it's you know families who are who are in their income earning years, growing a young family, the cost of a critical illness. You know, you're certainly at risk. If you think about those who are protect, you know, growing retirement savings, you know, where's the money going to come from to help fund um, your recovery? If you know you do you do have a critical illness you know, one of the places that people go into is their retirement savings and and certainly protecting those becomes a huge factor. So, you know, it's kind of both ends of the spectrum, but uh, it is certainly one of the, one of the most claimed upon products that we sell. And to to your point, it's more expensive because of those facts. That's actually one of the things we chatted about. We just did a two part series on disability coverage and why it's important and just how difficult it is to top up the retirement savings once you've spent them Um, because most people after something like a critical illness they'll they'll be recovering going back to their job and then in a lot of ways making up for the income they didn't make so there's there's a hill to climb but then if you if you spent your retirement savings it's going to be really difficult to to find those over again and resave it and one of the things we see a lot of, Jeff, I'm sure you do, if you have Facebook so often, usually once every few months, you see another GoFundMe pop up, which is actually a really cool thing about today's day and age where people who are going through things who who need financial help can have a, a community come together and help fund uh, their needs. And So I don't want to downplay yes. that at all because I think that's great. Imagine having the ability to have that money available. And I I, th- I think it just goes to show that so many of us aren't ready for a critical illness if it were to happen to us. When it comes down to the dollars put into a plan like this, most likely they're going to go a lot further than if you had to go to the community around you and say, listen, we, we really need some help. Uh, consider donating to our GoFundMe it's a more efficient way to to do it if you ever needed to claim because again it, 
there's a lot of factors you would have to look into, like how long did you pay and how much did you pay? But chances are you're going to find a more meaningful way to generate the funds you need in a critical illness plan than turning to those around you at that time and, and asking if they're able to help. And again, not wanting to diminish that at all, but um, it's something to consider. So for sure, when somebody's looking at this, it's always a huge budget thing. And for all of us, I, I think doing a podcast on why another insurance might be valuable at a time where inflation's high and so many things are vying for your monthly cash flow. What factors should individuals weigh when they're trying to determine if they should invest in a coverage like this critical illness? And how would you say it fits into an overall financial risk management strategy, meaning when I'm looking at the money I have and I'm saying, okay, I'm going to allocate this towards the things I can't control, say death, disability, critical illness. How do I weigh whether I want to put money towards something like this or not? Yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a fantastic question. So there's, there's a couple of different factors. Um, you know, critical illness can be offered in a number of different ways uh, to fit most budgets. Um, you know, we can do this on a you know term basis where we've got you know guaranteed uh, premiums uh, over the course of ten or twenty years, and they'll renew every ten or twenty years at a uh, at a rate that's you know higher, but it's actually manageable um, comparatively to anybody who's looked at term life insurance rates. Um, so it's something that can actually be kept beyond that initial term. Um, and then of course it comes with flexibility to convert and switch your coverages over time as well. It can be added in as a rider to plans. So certain, you know, carriers, empire life included allow, um, critical illness to be added as a rider and that saves you, you know, additional policy fees. It keeps everything clean and on the same, um, the same policy, the same family policy, so there's also multiple products available um, at Empire Life. We have a simplified issue plan, which would uh, cover four major critical illnesses, which would be your cancer, heart attack, stroke, um, and aortic bypass surgery. And then we have a, a more robust plan that would have 25 covered conditions available, which would be a slightly higher uh, cost, um, but you're getting far more, um, far more covered conditions. So there's a number of ways to to make that fit within within budgets. That's something that that people have to evaluate. Like there should be when you're doing your budget or looking at your cash flow, some amount of money that you're willing to put aside. And I think the insurance industry sometimes does a bad job of of selling the Cadillac first, and then um, somebody looks at the coverage and they're like, "Oh no, there's no way we could afford that." But one of one of the things you could do, especially if you're working with an advisor, is is come up with a percentage of your income that you're willing to say this. This is the amount of money we're willing to set aside for the what ifs for us and then work those into a a well thought out life insurance plan, a well thought out critical illness plan and possibly uh, disability at the same time, depending on what your work has and two things work off of each other as well. Maybe you have some coverage at your employer and you fill in the gaps personally, but it's really important because the cost of not looking at those risks can be very great. And Jeff, you mentioned this, like the 
the numbers are there and they're pretty clear that there, there's a very high likelihood before people reach 65 of having to walk through a critical illness that would really hamper their ability to produce income um, and then meet the needs of their family on top of other things like maybe there's higher costs that they're going to have to pay or uh, perhaps they want to look at alternative medicine somewhere else that costs money and, and this is a really great way to do it. Many Canadians might have uh, group coverage at their work. Uh, when individuals consider supplementing this with personal critical illness insurance, what are the advantages to owning the policy personally or just relying on what coverage one might have with their employer? Yeah, it's, a, it's another another great point. Um, the the group critical illness, you know, obviously it's easy to acquire, right? There's no medical tests. Um, you can start with lower face amounts, which is which is obviously good and also bad. Um, you know, lower premium for a smaller face amount. Um, but you to get larger face amounts uh, is sometimes difficult. They're not available through the group plan. Um, there's no things like return of premium available on a group plan. Um, and premiums aren't guaranteed. So premiums are going to be adjusted, uh, typically, right. on, you know, can be adjusted on a yearly basis. Um, and based on the ex expenses and the, uh, the risk factor of the group, they could go up. Um, whereas when you're talking about individual, um, critical illness, and I think this is also separate from, you know, bank owned critical illness, right. That you may get through, um, you know, a mortgage application, for instance, where there's no underwriting. Sure. Um, individual critical illness, something that, for instance, yourself um, can put in place for uh, for a client um, is fully underwritten up front. So based on your your health and your lifestyle profile, things like family history come into play for critical illness when we're underwriting um, this type of product versus life insurance. Um, and yeah. it's factored in more heavily. Um, but it's important that it's underwritten up front because then it's a guaranteed contract. Um, so let's paint. Yeah, I, I'm going to interrupt you for a second and have Please you take the picture because um, that is so important. Most people don't even know what like pre underwritten or post underwritten means. So let, let's say I have a product that's underwritten after I say become critically ill. What process does the company or the insurance company go through before they would start paying that out? That's yeah, different so a, from regular insurance. Yeah, it's a pre-underwritten. Really I guess is a better way to put it. Yeah, yeah. So underwritten, underwritten at time of claim or underwritten at issue is is really um, you know how we like to define that sometimes. So you know, company like Empire Life, we do all of our underwriting upfront um, before we issue you a contract. You know, if we go out and, and look at a policy that's underwritten at claim time, essentially there's one key difference, and the difference is a policy that's underwritten at the time of issue is basically going to go through the claims process with you and work with you on how to get the claim paid. Um, we pay our legitimate claims. We have the statistics to back it up. Every carrier in Canada is very good at paying their, um, their underwritten at issue claims as long as they're legitimate claims. The yep. post claim underwriting is trying to find a reason not to pay you. That's you've paid premiums the whole way along and now their job <laughs> is to underwrite after the fact after you're already sick and you need these you need these funds um and try and find a way not to pay out the claim um and that's really the, the key difference um and you if you look up you can see some sad stories of policies that are like that um in the industry that 
you know, just give a bad name to insurance in general, um, because it's not, it's not something that, um, you know, that we sell in the independent advisor world, we sell fully underwritten, um, products. So that's what we believe in. And they may be a pain in the neck on the way in. Yeah. But because you, you hear all the time, well, why do they need to know this? Well, there's a reason. There's usually a, a great reason why. And at the end of the day, that that headache, if you even want to call it that, that you go through to get a plan initially is better than the headache that could come on a product that's underwritten after uh, you've claimed for it when you actually need that money. And you've, like you said, Jeff, you've already been paying for it. Yeah. And it's a great, it's a great point. You mentioned, you know, and when we're talking about fully underwritten upfront uh, products, you know, your contract will specifically to very fine details in a critical illness plan, tell you what you can and can't claim on. Uh, it's very clear, plain English, right in the contract for you. So for those who actually want to read through the contract, because, you know, they are long, but it, you can see every condition and it's, it's right there, um, clear as day. So you know what to expect. So if something does come up, um, you know where you can go, um, you know, if you have a full claim or, you know, we haven't even touched on this yet, but early intervention claims. So what if I have early stage um, cancer, for instance, you know, there's benefits that can be paid out of a policy like this that are on top of your initial face amount to help you get better before it progresses. Think about early stage breast cancer, early stage prostate cancer. Um, so there's, there's, advances that can be paid out in order to help get you better before it progresses to a true, like a full critical illness at a stage in which it's, um, you know, it's tougher to manage. Um, and that's some of the benefits here along with, you know, individual coverage offering things like return of premium, completely other, um, you know, unique to critical illness and disability. We don't offer have return of premium, at least not in Canada on life insurance. But yep. on critical illness, we certainly can. And, you know, that's a benefit for those who um, feel like it fits part of their budget. Certainly adding return of premium is a is a great, uh, a great option. You know, the best thing I was ever told about return of premium is make sure that you put the right amount of coverage in place first. And then if yeah. return of premium fits your budget, you know, then you put it in after the fact, because the the lack of your coverage amount at claim time, um, what you would trade off for return of premium. Once you claim, return of premium doesn't pay anymore. So right. that's the trade off you don't want to be making, right? Um, you could be giving up a lot of face amount that's required at the time of claim versus um, having the potential for return of premium benefits that are only paid if you cancel the contract in the future. I was just going to say the last thing, just to wrap up that on individual versus group, was premium guarantees, of course, the individual policies. Are, are fully guaranteed premiums. So whether you choose a 10-year or 20-year uh, term cost of insurance, or perhaps a more permanent, like a, there's T65, T75, and even um, term 100 products that are out there, um, those premiums are guaranteed for life and can't be changed. Yeah, which is great, especially in today's like employment landscape. You see people leaving their job all the time to find a better opportunity somewhere else. And then you have that period of time where you may not be on the benefits plan right away. And if your coverage is dependent on that, that's a that's a big deal. Another thing, this isn't this isn't in our list of things to talk about, Jeff. So you can uh, you can correct me here, but most companies or carriers have some sort of benefit along with their critical illness policies that give that person 
that if say they had something medically come up and they wanted a second opinion, they could send their results off to this uh, company or organization. And they would have actual doctors somewhere in usually North America, look them over to give a second opinion just to make sure or give peace of mind to um, whatever, whatever the doctor you have has found. So that's pretty yeah. typical, is it not? Yeah, correct. So a lot of uh, most, if not all, um, I'm not going to say all because I don't know for sure, but certainly, yep. you know, Empire Life being one of those um, have some sort of medical concierge service that's built into the plan. Um, it's typically not a contractual benefit. So it's just something that's offered um, kind of as an administrative, you know, a really a nice to have. Um, yep. And most of these things have been in place since we've had the, our, ours in place since you know, for years, um, they all have different names. Uh, ours specifically is, you know, we call it medical concierge services benefits through a company called Med Extra. And essentially what it gives you is second opinion services. It gives you referral services to, you know, some of the best, um, the best doctors in, in the, uh, in North America, um, you know, have, have your file sent over to, you know, some of the, the premier, um, research facilities or doctors that deal specifically with the condition, um, so the three, the three major things that, you know, med extra offers is, you know, rule out critical illness. So basically we think we might have something, but, um, we want to rule it out, um, to make sure that it's not a critical illness. So they'll help with, um, getting some additional diagnostics done. Um, there's a remote second opinion. Um, so once a diagnosis is actually made, um, you know, that's a scary time for anybody who's going through um, going through just being told they, they have a critical illness. So we can offer through these programs remote second opinions. So you don't need to travel. It doesn't. It, it, these are the top specialists in Canada, U.S. centers and some of them from around the world um, that you can have your file sent to and have a remote second opinion. Um, and then also there's care management services as well. So, OK, you know, we're going through this critical illness. We've got um, social support. Uh, therapeutic support, um, some healthcare navigation services that are available. Um, and it can also be done for the family of uh, somebody who holds one of these policies quite often. So if you think about a parent who may have a critical illness policy on themselves, what if your child unfortunately has, you know, has a critical illness or needs to be, um, we need to rule out something for them. It, it's usually offered as well to the family of the policyholder, um, these secondary uh, services, and these are available at no additional cost. This is just built in; it's all part of the all part of the package. Um, but it's definitely something that we don't talk about enough. So it's a great idea that you brought it up today. Yeah, and it's something that you could actually like these things in real life do actually have a price tag and cost money. You can you can go on your own and buy some of these services. As you said, it's not contractual, so those things could change and everybody's, everybody might use a different service that has different options available. So if you have a policy like this, it's like a critical illness policy. It's important to check your own policy to see what it has individually, but um, they can come, those things can come in big and even just having the peace of mind of someone else looking at it, like how often do you hear people say like, I want a second opinion, this to a different doctor, but it's, it's time consuming or you have to get a referral from your own doctor or have a good reason why. So this is a really great way to kind of get that without the encumbrance you might get 
trying to get a second opinion in the medical system that we have. So something to keep in mind. Um, We're an aging population here in Canada. Um, I still consider myself pretty young, but we're getting older and uh, those changing demographics and increasing health care costs in Canada, I think they affect the need for critical illness um, because a lot of people don't understand that not every medication or everything that you can get through a doctor is covered, especially when it comes to um, various critical illnesses. Are there specific age groups or life stages where you would say... Maybe not. Maybe not. You would say, but statistics would say it, it's beneficial or more beneficial to have ownership of a policy like this. Yeah, it's definitely. So you know, critical illness is one of those things where you can find an example, of course, at any age, any gender, any lifestyle, and you can say, oh well, you know, that person and you know had this illness, and oh, what a shame. But they did, you know, they were a marathon runner, or they were a professional athlete, or and you can you can get those examples um, pretty much anywhere, unfortunately. But when we look at it from a statistical perspective, what our claims experience says. Um, you know, the majority of claims are starting after age 40. Um, and this is all genders, you know, this is just uh, by age group. Um, but if you were to add up, it's about 78% of all uh, claims happen at over age 40, at least in our block of business. And that's based yeah. on 2020 claims data from Empire Life. Um, 70% of those being cancer. Um, and then the other ones that are kind of 10% is your, your heart attack and um, and then your your heart related issues, um, would be another, another big one, but yeah, 78% of those are after age 40. Now, the interesting mm-hmm. thing about that, of course, as you know, is once you have a critical illness, you're not able to buy this contract. So right. purchasing it before you need it is definitely, um, you know, a, a critical factor here. Um, so, you know, that's just, that's just some data. Um, of course we can, we can point to other examples, but, um, yeah, those, so those 78%, 28%, um, between 41 and 50, 32% between 51 and 60 and 60 plus it's 28% as well. So it's pretty well spread out across uh, those three age brackets. And I think if you're going to get something like this, um, obviously, we're not making any recommendations on the podcast, but I do think it's a good idea if you're looking at it to at least get a coverage that has a level price to 65 or 75 so that you're going to have the coverage in that age bracket where the statistics say you, you're pretty likely to need this. Um, so if you're, you know, 35 years old or even younger or older like the the bottom line is um if you think you would want to have something like that at that age level where the statistics say it's, it's a lot more likely you're really better off to get something now um even if it's not all you could need but it's something that would help at the time because like you say not only not only is it literally impossible to get once you've had a critical illness but the older you get the harder it becomes to get because you're more likely to develop something so let's let's transition to that jeff what is the process like to get critical illness insurance now i know that changes 
in a sense, per carrier, but what's the general process that people would have to uh, go through to get this? Yeah, it's, uh, so there's there would be two two distinct processes. Um, at least you know if you if you're talking about sort of a simplified issue type critical illness plan. Again, this is just like we talked about earlier, completely underwritten upfront prior to issue. But there's a simplified issue plan, and then your fully underwritten critical illness plan, and that would be you know relatively the same across all carriers. Um, so for instance, our critical illness protect, which is our simplified issue plan and covers those four, um, four major illnesses with, a, with you know, lower rates. Um, that plan would be as easy as, as doing the same as life underwriting. So the same questions you would ask for, uh, for life insurance, um, those are the same questions that you're going to be asking um, for critical illness. There's no additional family history requirements. Um, there's nothing really... Uh, other than the, the odd knockout question. So there are certain restrictions or exclusions, which are very clearly laid out up front. Um, for instance, you know, with our product, again, not the same as every other one, but um, if you're a diabetic, unfortunately, the simplified issue plan isn't something we're able to offer. Um, okay. That being said, we can fully underwrite you for critical illness protect plus, and you may still qualify there, uh, potentially with a rating or an exclusion, but um, there's options still for you. So the first option just is the same as sort of a life insurance process. Um, they would, you know, talk to you and, and fill out a, an application and um, and that would be um, in in place relatively, relatively quick. Um, the second stream would be your, your sort of fully underwritten comprehensive critical illness plan, which we call it at Empire Life with our CI Protect Plus. Um, it has 25 covered conditions. And there's other built-in benefits, um, you know, the ability to add return a premium and things like that. Um, so when we're underwriting critical illness, um, sort of in, in the full in the full sense, we're going to be looking at things like not only your own personal health, but we're going to look at your family history. Um, and when we say family history, we're really looking at you know situations where um, typically more than one. Um, direct relative has had a an instance of a critical illness at an okay. early age. So you think of, you know, before 65, if both of your parents had cancer, as an example, the likelihood is you're either not going to be eligible for critical illness due to family history, or you're going to see an exclusion. And, you know, I don't know how much you talk about exclusions um, with with life insurance. It's a familiar thing on the disability side, of course, um, but it's also something that comes up on the critical illness um, uh, product line where we can exclude certain conditions based on history. Now, right. when an exclusion happens, your rates would stay the same as anybody else. You just are not covered for that one specific uh, illness. And some people will come up and say, well, if, if I'm excluded for cancer, you know, that's a big, big range. Well, you're not going to be excluded for cancer in general. Um, typically, you, you'd usually be excluded for the type of cancer that you have a history of um, or your family has a history of. And again, okay. you would then you then be covered for the other 24, um, you know, covered critical illnesses as well. And then, of course, ratings may, may be in play as well. Um, but there is a deeper, there's a bit of a deeper underwriting for that plan um, because it offers more comprehensive coverage. Um, and there's a very, you know, very clear guides that are out there, um, pre-underwriting guides that can be utilized to understand if you would be eligible for um, one or both of these products. 
I think it's a great idea for people to consider, like if you're updating your life insurance plan and do it all together so that you don't have to go through the same thing twice. And then some, if you say in a year from now, I'd like to look at this, do it all as, as a part of a kind of a package together when you're reviewing your life insurance. Now, it's really important to point out that when it comes down to like how much do I need and things like that, you really need to be working with an advisor who's doing the work to do an actual needs analysis, to look at your situation, to look at your incomes, your debts, different things, and and come up with an idea of a plan that actually makes sense to you based on you or you and your family's particular situation. Be leery of anyone who's just recommending something off of the cuff and saying, you need to buy this. It's got to be in context with the plan. And quite frankly, that's that's the only way it will make sense because you, you have to see the value in it. These are what we call intangible products. You're not going to you're you're not going to like take your policy to work and show it off to anyone. It's it's going to stay in a filing cabinet. And if God forbid you need it, it's it's going to be one of the most valuable things that you have. And you'll be thankful you do have it. But the the idea is it, it needs to be done in context of a plan. That way you're not preferring insurance and hampering your retirement or you're so focused on retirement that you have nothing in place to to cover you should something happen it, it all works together and then the the life insurance the critical illness the disability they all become um, basically emergency bridges to help you get to a later goal uh, hopefully retirement or uh, some other financial goal that you might have but they're there to help it when things go wrong and that's something you know your your rsp can't do that can't just all of a sudden make fifty thousand dollars more because you have a a, a financial struggle you're going through um, or a, sorry, critical illness or uh, God forbid death. So those things are so important. And Jeff, I'm sure you see this too. Like people often ask about these things after it's too late. And, and that's when they know they would have been a value, but it, you can't go back and get them. So um, all of that to say, uh, when you're considering this, consider as a part of your overall plan to make sure that uh, if one of these things happen to you, the plan you've made can still continue or at least has a better chance of helping you reach your goals. That's definitely well said. So Jeff, it's it's been great. Uh, thanks so much for being willing to come on the podcast and uh, joining us to talk about a really important coverage. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks so much for the opportunity. And uh, and uh, hopefully this has uh, given some you know additional insights and information to your listeners. Perfect. Well, thanks. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal, financial, or professional advice. The opinions expressed are those of the participants and are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Sterling Mutuals, Inc. Mutual funds and ETFs provided through Sterling Mutuals, Inc. Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the fun facts before investing. 
Mutual funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated.